All right, here we are, man. And uh, I've got Paolo and I'm Tim, and we've got this thing that we thought. Let me first, maybe I should just say, Paolo, like, like for the listeners that are going to be hearing this, this is totally unscripted. Like, <laughs> we absolutely. This is unscripted, uncensored, <laughs> <laughs> uncensored. Um, so, so just a warning, right? We not we we decided not to script anything because this is actually just what we normally do uh, when we get together. We just talk. our conversations, yeah, yeah. So, so we we we've been chatting real a little bit. That's it. Real conversations, real life stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, we've been talking about spiritual maturity, and I think it's a huge one. Um, I, I don't necessarily, I don't know, like consider myself fully matured spiritually. <laughs> but I think, I think, um, like you know, just in our conversation, realizing um, over the years, you you do kind of learn things as you go, and a lot of the learning happens not in in the best of times, right? It's normally the challenges we face, and that in through that you start learning. Oh, I need to mature in this. I need to become more, more um, God, God uh, focused or, or aware of God. You know, in this issue in my life, with this part of my life. But yeah, I thought um, I know you've got a lot of wisdom on that. But maybe just just explain a little bit about your on your side um, how you see spiritual maturity. Uh, in the Christian life, I guess. Eh? I, I, I wanna, I wanna draw a, a parallel yeah. that's gonna bring context, and and I, I love this. You know, I say that you, a lot of the coaching processes and even in in, in conversations with friends, context is king, yeah. right? And yeah. and we need to understand the context that we. Is that recording me? Yeah. Was it very soft? I need to speak. No, no, it's totally okay. fine. Don't worry. It, All right. It, it, so, looks, it looks soft on our side. We are sitting in the studio, by the way. So, <laughs> we're going to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> but fine. I want to draw a quick parallel and then I'm going to come back to your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, if you look at how uh, the world evolved, in terms of industries and 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 work environment, work mindset, and people's mindset, right? So if you look there, this is a, a rough, a, a very rough overview. But if you draw that from zero to 1750, 1700s, right? 1750, you had the 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 medieval time. You had the agriculture agricultural age. Yeah. Right, so the people that owned the land, they were the lords. That's where the expression, "If you own the place, you are the landlord," yeah. right? And everybody else, the peasants, they were servants. So obviously, between zero and seventeen hundred, yeah. you had the, the 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 no longer slaves, and then now you had servants in the land, yeah. right? But if you were rich, you had the lands, and you were always going to be rich. And if you were poorer, you were a servant. You're always going to be poorer unless you were Cinderella, right? <laughs> um, and and the only reason somebody would lose the, lose the wealth is if they went to war and lost it, or if they were invaded yeah. by another king or lord and and lost the possession. But otherwise, you own the land. You are the lord. You own the wealth. Yeah. So between 1750 and 19 and and 
1750 you had the industri industrial age sorry my accent is yeah, getting yeah. in no, my way right. here <laughs> so between 1750 and 1950 you had the industrial age an industrial age, the people that owned the machines, that owned the factories. So the people that had the wealth, they would go and now invest into the machinery, yeah. right? Yeah. And the people that had the knowledge, the know-hows, they would partner with that. And then you had the people that had the factories. So the people that owned the factories, that owned the machinery, had then the wealth. They had control of the economy. They dictated the norms and things in terms of policies and so on. It's in that period of the 1950s where we had the first time the concept of retirement, labor unions, yeah, yeah. all those things, right? And in that period also with that system is where then the people that were before servants, they become workers now. They have salaries. There are schedules, shifts, working hours. That's where the 8 to 4 or 9 to 5 was yeah, created, yeah. right? Because, again, you look, this is Europe and America, Northern Hemisphere. So before 9 o'clock, it's too dark. Yeah. Before past six o'clock is late is dark dangerous environment a lot of rain a lot of humidity not a lot of sanity in uh not sanit sanitary hygiene yes. so there was not a lot of hygiene there was a lot of exposure to diseases and things so nine to five was created because you had the sunlight period yes. right sure. yeah. so people can walk in the sunlight and can be also safer yeah. right also warmer yeah. right so, but in that period then, with the labor laws and the shifts and working yeah. hours and all that stuff, it was created then the concept of permission. Yeah. And, and make a note of that permission. Because then the children of those workers, the workers say that's when the education system was created to create the next generation of workers. So workers could be better educated. So they could be yeah. better instructed. They could do higher level jobs. More productive. Yeah. More productive, right? As the, as the industry starts to become more complex with better machinery, more complex machinery, you need people more educated, better instructed. Yeah. So the educational system is created not to help the poorer become richer, but to instruct the poorer to do more complex works, yes. right? Okay. And in that, the permission system happens because now the children go to school and they can come back as supervisors, coordinators, managers. Yeah. They don't have to be just workers, yes. right? So the parents are saying, you need to go to school, get a good grade, Qualify for a higher position so you can come back and earn a better salary. Yeah. And that's how you change your lifestyle, yeah. but you're just changing lifestyle in levels. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's still, yeah. then with that level of different levels of hierarchy, the permission system happens. Somebody tells you when you can be promoted. Somebody tells you if you know enough to get that position. Yeah. If you are an artist, a musician, somebody's going to own the studio and tell you if that song is good enough, if you can play well enough, yeah. if you can sing well enough or not. Wow. If you are a writer, you need a publisher. You need somebody that's going to give you the permission. Yeah. Your book is not good enough. Your material is not relevant. Yeah. So the permission system is developed around the world. Yeah. Where before it was relevant to kings and the hierarchy in a higher level. Yeah. Now the populace, the population, yeah. have that level of permission. Yes. 
right? Falling level, 1950-1978, you got now the distribution age. Right? That's when you start having the big transportations and the big cross-country transportations and deliveries and things. And you have stores, factory stores, yeah. convenience, convenience shops, yeah. shopping centers, malls with everything inside in one place. Right? So in that level now, the information starts to change. Yeah. And the people now that own the places, own the stores, own the properties, they now are the people carrying the wealth. Yes. Right? Yeah. So now a new opportunity, a new generation, a new level of distribution happens. Yeah. Right? After that, you have the techno age from 78, oh, yes. yeah. right? 1978 to 1980s and 90s. You got the techno age. That's when the personal computers come around. You got Steve Jobs, you got uh, Bill Gates, you got Dell, you got IBM. Now, something that was pertinent only to big companies. I mean, talk about the the first rocket that was launched. It took a whole room full of computers. Yeah. Now your cell phone has more power than that, wow. right? Yeah. But the personal computer, the advent of the personal computer, it starts shifting mindset. Now people could write codes, could write programs. Yeah. And the power and the influence comes to the people that are able to be relevant in the techno industry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. After the techno industry, from 78 to now you're looking at the 90s, yeah. what happens in 2000 and, uh, was it 2000 and... Um, when the App Store came out with the 2008, oh, that wow. uh, yeah, iPad, uh, the iPhone was created. The iPhone and yeah, and then the Apple Store was created, and Amazon also had the online system of ordering and deliveries. Yeah. So now you have the techno information distribution time. So before the technical techno age, between the techno age and, and that age now of the iPhones, you had the, the, the information age where the big uh, uh, news channels control yeah. the airwaves. And, 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 yeah. So it was about the control of information, yeah. right? And, and I'm going to tie that back. No, no, I'm, 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 this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right? Whoever controlled information controlled the way the world was moving yeah. and controlled money. Yeah. Right, yeah. then comes the 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 techni techno information techno yeah. information age, which yeah. was the iPhone, and then you have now with that, you have strategic partnerships happening because with the advent of the App Store and Amazon's program, you could write codes, you could write an ebook, you could write uh, uh, softwares, and they will pay you 70% of the proceedings, and they keep 30%. Yeah. So now there's a, there's a, a distinguishing, uh, uh, not a break, but a, 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 a parting, a new avenue being opened yeah. from the work concept environment where you can now partner with somebody, not just because you also have a lot of money to enter in partnership, but because yes. you can use your creativity. Yes. And that breaks the permission system. Oh, come on. That breaks the permission system yeah. because now you are value for the content that you are creating. Yes. And what happens now in 2010 with the advent of the internet being blasted around the world? 
right the WW the 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 World Wide Web is that everybody starts now partnering with all these different technologies that are in place and they start creating distributing their own content. Yes. Now you see people becoming recognized and relevant yeah. not because they had a status or a level or wealth or yeah. something, yeah. but because of the content they are creating, distributing. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. 2020 we had the biggest shift in the world history. Yes, we had a lot of terrible things with lockdown and COVID, yeah. but the world shifted completely online. And what happened then? TikTok. TikTok is the beginning of a new age. And we're not talking about new age spiritual stuff. We're talking a new era, yeah. right? Because now... If you before had a, you were a writer, a publisher, you were a celebrity, somebody with a name, you would be contracted to do commercials. You would be contracted to sponsor something or to promote something. Now anybody, Mary, Joe, and Jane can yeah. sit at home with a cell phone camera and distribute content through the internet via TikTok, and they become celebrities because they're sharing something that certain audience finds relevant. Yeah. And while a lot of us are arguing the fact, is this relevant, is this good or not, they are growing their audience they, they because are, yeah, remember yeah. the old thing with, with sales, yeah. somebody's selling because somebody wants to buy it. Yes. Yeah. How, can they, how can they make a product like that? If there's a buyer, there's going to be a sale, yeah. right? So now we live in an age, in a, in a world where you have the opportunity to break free from the old education system, the old permission system, yeah. the old work hierarchy system, if you have the courage to yeah. put yourself in that position where you're utilizing the available technology and reaching out to other people. And the truth is, all of us in our life experiences, yeah. we have content to share. The question is, that do you have enough maturity to share what is profitable yeah. or are you just sharing what is relevant to the mediocrity of the mass yeah. and you're profiting from it? Again, it requires some level of maturity to see that, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, that is the world system, right? Gave you the last 2,000 years. <laughs> yeah, it did it well. Look, as well. look at the church. We're not going to go yeah. back 2,000 years, but we know between 2,000 or between zero, eh? after yeah. Christ, right? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this, this is how unscripted this thing is. That, that is we're going to take, soon we're going to be taking calls. Is, <laughs> you can call now. <laughs> no. Okay, it's off. <laughs> yeah, keep going, man. Uh, this is so, good. This is really, so really good. So you look at when Okay, we, we count the world as in after Christ. So zero will be uh, uh, Jesus' birth, right? Yeah. And then you had everything that happened in between. We know that, we understand. Yeah. But we're talking about yeah. history of the church yeah. in terms of how we see in the last century, right? So in the 50s, you had, you had the advent of evangelists that started coming out and preaching yeah. the gospel, yeah. right? And then 60s and 70s, you had... Posters that became now the the message of the evangelism was what repent or you're yeah. gonna go to hell. Yes. Yeah. So it was fire insurance salespeople, yeah. right? Turn a burn, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna turn a burn, yeah. right? Uh, 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 
And then with the evangelistic advent, right, the start, churches started growing, denominations started multiplying because then yeah. people had different views, different perspectives. Then pastors started, the, 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 the age of pastors then arised, yeah. where you had pastors that would care for the flock, the people that turned back to, to Christ. Now they needed to be pastors, they needed to be educated. Yeah. But yet the message was what? Salvation. Yeah. Which is not the full gospel, yeah. but we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We definitely right? will get there. Yeah. The message was a continuance to you repent, you receive Christ so you can go to heaven. Now let's manage this flock. Yeah. So just like the idea of pastor, shepherd, it really was about shepherding the flock. Yeah. And then the concept of flock, shepherding, church as a place where people get together yeah. to stay away from the world was created. Because remember, evangelism were happening in tents, in holes, in places. They were normal places, yeah. common places. Yeah. But then the concept of churches now starts to develop in the gospel world. Because remember, the Protestants, they broke away from the Catholic Church. They broke away from that idea of big churches with a lot of ostentation and pompous, yes. right? Yeah. And it started going back to homes, to people. Yeah. They were secretly yeah. meeting. They were persecuted by the Catholic Church, yeah. right? But, again, this is a disclaimer. This is not speaking against any religion in particular, yeah. <laughs> but a history uh, a, a, a description of the facts, yeah. a historical. So... We go back now, you have pastors that are now caring for the flock, the yeah. people that got converted, the people that repented, now they need instruction, they need direction. Yeah. After the, the pastors, what do we have? You had, you had evangelists, you had pastors. Yeah. Then in the 80s and 90s, you get the prophets. The youth revolution starts to happen. Yes, yes. The, the worship revolution yeah. starts to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then prophets start coming. In the beginning, yeah. very hardcore, you know, <laughs> yeah, destruction, yeah. burning, evil people, you're going to yeah. break and butter. Then also that shifts and it goes into, now it, it's prophetic words about building the church, yeah. edifying the church. Yeah. So we have that season at that age in the church where it was 80s and 90s, where it's about prophecies and yeah. stimulating people. There is more to God yeah. than just attending the Sunday service. There's yeah. more to God than just somebody else telling you. God is calling people to himself. So then people start, the mindset starts to be shifted yeah. Towards God in relationship through Jesus and the Holy Spirit versus just going to church to hear a message so you can stay holy before you die and go to heaven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the continuous terrible fact that the church is just sleeping away from the world. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so in the eighties and nineties with the prophets, the idea that we need to be more relevant in the world it starts to come out, yeah. and it starts yeah. to being shared, and it starts to propagate yeah. around amongst the different churches and denominations. Yeah. In the two thousands, you have apostles that yeah. comes out, yeah. right? The advent yeah. of the apostle is now. Planting big churches, you have now mega churches, you have bigger ministries, you have people that are speaking in the sense of implementing the kingdom on earth, implementing the relationship between us and the Father through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, but now dealing with the relevance of us on earth, in the world. You got preachers like 
uh, 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 that came out in the late 2010s, like uh, 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 Joseph Prince in Singapore, T.D. Jakes in Dallas, right? And and you got teachers, people like uh, uh, Joyce Meyer and and so on. They're teaching the word. what was the whole title of Joyce Meyer's program? Everyday life, yeah. enjoying everyday life. Yeah. And yes, there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of people that speak against those guys and, and, and girls. But the point is that the church started to become relevant yeah. to how is the message of the gospel relevant to your day-to-day life yeah. so your life here is relevant to the world and we can bring others to the kingdom. Yeah. It's not about yeah. just waiting to die so you go to heaven. Yeah. Right? And then in the 2020s, again, what happened? Come on, you need to tell me, because I'm so enjoying this. You have teachers, right? I mentioned Joyce Meyer, Joseph Prince, uh, TDJs, guys that are preaching, but from a teaching perspective, empowering people. Wow, man. In 2020, with COVID, what happens? Teaching goes online. Online, yeah. The whole world now is exposed to the message. Well, it lines up with the information the information era, right? So, because literally... I so mean, you see the you parallel. Were, no, it's parallel. You see yeah. the parallel, yeah. how now... It, it, it's That wasn't by chance. God is not trying to catch it's up. There's a design, yeah. Come God on. is not caught yeah. by surprise playing catch up with COVID. Yeah. There's a design in all of that. Yeah. In Jesus' ministry, we see how he operated as, as a... As a a a prophet bringing healing, bringing administration, a pastor shepherding, guiding people, evangelist telling people to go and and traveling around and speaking about the kingdom. You see him as a a teacher, again, as a prophet, as a pastor, all of that. So the different ministries, the fivefold ministries that were present in Jesus were gradually... Yeah, being released. Released oh, in the on. world. Yeah. Right? And I say, but why not just give people everything and, and why yeah. did that take so long? <laughs> why why yeah. half a century to get to where we are? Yeah. Then I come back to your question about emotional yeah. maturity yeah. and spiritual maturity. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because we are heavenly beings trapped in this earthly experience for the time being that we are here, right? And the world, the culture, the truth is we are raised in this world and we are taught, we are programmed according to the culture. And and while all of us are aiming to achieve that spiritual maturity and emotional maturity, we are influenced by all the cultural hypnotic programming that we receive from birth. In different cultures, in different religions, in different languages, in different locations. I mean, I come from Brazil. In Brazil, you have five very clearly distinctive cultures within the country. If you are from the south, from the central, from the north, from the west, from the east, you have very different cultures and and way of speaking, even costumes. Right? And you now imagine that around the whole world. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, let me, can I go a little bit deeper? Go for it, man. Yeah. In business, when we are doing business training, we talk about if you agree, if you have a unified vision 
and you got a clear vision to where you want to go, right? Yeah. You got clarity to your goals, and you got a unified, unified, not a uniform, you don't have to be the same, yeah, yeah. but a unified vision. Yeah. You want to achieve the same things, you're clear on your goals, and you agree on it. It's it's virtually impossible to disrupt somebody like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And you say, but yeah, but you, and then you got books and things that came in the last 15 years, like Law of Attraction yes, and all this yeah. kind of stuff that is about aligning your thoughts and aligning your vision. Uh, you got books like uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich, The Power of Thinking Big, that are like on a renaissance galore now yeah. in the business world, right? It's like a, a, a revival yeah. of, of the idea of you can change your life by how you think. Yeah. Uh, the advent of the biggest, fastest growing industry in the world, the unrecognized industry, is coaching. Yes. Right. Yeah. Why? Because people want to change how they think. <laughs> they realize, and the world is randomly, not randomly, uh, rap, readily, is that the word readily? Readily, yeah. Yeah, it's readily talking about the power of the mind, that yeah. we have the ability to change the course of our story through how we think, yeah. by changing how we think. Yeah. Change your mind, change your life, yeah. right? Yeah. And you say, yeah, but this is all new age. This is all uh, uh, the, the humanistic perspective. You, you, you remember our quick chat about uh, uh, Buddhism, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But those are not things from the world trying to infiltrate the church. Yeah. Those are Christian biblical principles that the church neglected to study and see. Yes. Yeah. If you look at Genesis and what happened there in the Tower of Babel, yeah. God looks down, Nimrod and his, his, his crew they all like, hey, let's build this town. They, 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 they are the aftermath of the flood, right? Yeah. The flood that yeah. reset yeah. the world, a new start. Yeah. 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 And he gets together with his king's generals, his neighboring kings. Remember back in history, all those different towns were kingdoms, and each one had a king. Yeah. And together under Nimrod, Nimrod was a... a, 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 a a brave, a brave hunter before God. Uh, 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 there's another expression. It's not brave, uh, but if you look back at the translation of the original wording, it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not brave as courageous. It's brave as in uh, confrontational. Right, so he was a hunter of man. If you look at the the historical telling of what happened, parallel yeah. to what the Bible's telling, you gain perspective. Yeah. So maturity has to do with you. You have information, and you got some level of knowledge, but you gotta have studying, understanding of that information. That um, I was talking to a group Monday night. Yeah. And I say to them, the biggest problem with people is that they have a lot of information about a little bit of everything, yeah. but they don't actually understand the things they're talking about. Yes. So they're just repeating second-hand, third-hand information. Yes. And they're drawing conclusions and making opinions based on what they heard from somebody else. Yes, yeah, it's part of revelation. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. what happened in the Tower of Babel? God looks down and says, they are of one language, one accord, 
one vision, whatever they decide, they are able to do it. Yeah. Let's go and create different languages yeah. to confound them. Yeah. And then they stop. Not because God had a problem with architecture, not because Paul, <laughs> God didn't particularly like Nimrod, but because Nimrod was creating a system to pull people away from if God sends a flood again, we're going to be high enough. So we can do whatever we want. We don't have to follow what God says, yeah. right? Yeah. And we will escape yeah. any condemnation that happens if yeah. he sends one. Yeah. And God breaks that. But what is the key point there? They were in agreement and yeah. they had a single vision, single focus. Yeah. Right? So we bring that back to where we are now. Yeah. We have now, again, a system yeah. where through the Internet and the World Wide Web, and it's not speaking against the Internet, yeah. but we have a system where we can reach the whole world. And regardless of what languages, we can communicate through the whole world. Yeah. And the church now has enough relevant information to make a choice. Yeah. Are we going to continue to hide within our holes to escape yeah. the world? Yeah. Because yeah. somebody asked me a question last week. The Bible says when this gospel is preached throughout the whole world, Jesus will come back. Yeah. But we had TV ministries for years. We had preaching ministries for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you had yeah. different opinions and different pastors and a lot of <laughs> criticisms from the own church, yeah. right? Worldwide yeah. churches, yeah. right? But now is the first time in history of the world yeah. that we have a system through the internet, through yeah. social media in particular, yeah. where you can reach everyone without having to have the need of a status or a name behind yeah. who you are. Yeah. Any, wow. any person can go on the social media platform of their choice yeah. and start preaching. And as a matter of fact, it is happening. Yeah. Guys like uh, Dutch Sheets that yeah. did an incredible uh, study for us a few yeah. years back we were using the growth group. Yeah. He, he was speaking out in a conference in America and he was telling, he, he had 35 million viewers wow. in his podcast wow. all over the world. And he's in his room, yeah. just with a shirt. The wife did some organizing on the background, put yeah. some plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has his cell phone camera and a little microphone. Wow. And he could never expect, because all he was doing was 15 minutes to God. That was the program they were doing, okay. where they would pray for people. Yes. around the world. Yes. And then he talks about the experience of, he goes to this one conference, and, 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 and as he's going to this conference, he's, he's fighting with the Holy Spirit, with God, yes. saying, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. I have my programs. I have this thing. I, have the, I can't do this 15 minutes to God. It's, it's too much. Yes. Sometimes I spend more time traveling than with my family. I can't do this Every day, every week, 15 minutes with God. It's too much. I can't do that anymore. And then as he steps into, the, he's going to speak. Before he goes to speak, uh, a senator that is there fighting with the whole issue of LGBT, yeah. blah, 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 and she, she's talking about, she's talking about uh, being pro-life, yeah. right? 
and and to stop the law that would make abortion completely legal in her state. Yeah. And she's the front-runner fighter for that yeah. uh, uh, law, right, that, yeah. that's trying to hold back abortion from being just made free for whatever circumstance. Yeah. And so she approaches him just before he's going out to speak and say, I just want to say something to you. I don't know if it's going to be relevant to you, but it's relevant to me, and I need you to, 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 to tell you this. And he says, no, I know who you are. She goes, yes, and you know what I'm fighting, what I'm facing. He goes, yes, I know. Last week in one of your podcasts, you were talking about a story of somebody that went through something and how... Uh, uh, the church was helping with these young mothers and the children that will survive aboard, how your church was helping, you know, uh, uh, creating the, 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 the uh, 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 telling them about, you know, don't take abortion as your first option. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can help you. So, so your church was creating this program, helping uh, children, and, and helping the mothers raised and if they were raped or if they were prostitutes or if they were in a, a strenuous situation that the first option would be abort so they can continue to have a, yeah. a normal life. And your church is doing that. And I, that night, I was praying to God say, saying, I can't do this anymore. It's an, I had enough. I'm traveling all the time. I'm going here and there. I don't have time for my family. I'm fighting so much for this thing. And I'm receiving threats. I'm receiving condemnation from left, right, and center, threats from left, right, and center. And I said to God, I can't do this anymore. I had it. I can't. I can't. It's not possible. Yeah. And then I heard your podcast. Sure. And I said to God, okay, I surrender. I don't know how I will be able to continue doing, but you know how. Yeah. And then he says, I just said to her, Bless you. I'm glad I could help. And then as she turns around, I look up and I say to God, you're not fair. <laughs> you are not fair. <laughs> there was my prayer oh, walking wow. up here. I had yeah. enough. I can't take it anymore. So I'm going to say what that lady said. Uh, yeah. I can't. I had it. I can't do it anymore. But you can. Yeah. Let your will be done. Wow, man. You know, so... Wow. so there's a transformation happening in the world right now. And, and God is not oblivious, means he's, he's not yeah. unaware, right? Yeah. He's not caught by surprise. Yeah. And although a lot of us go through challenges, it's time that just as the world is realizing that you change your mind, you change your life, yeah. a truth that is in the yeah. Bible, just as the world is realizing when you have a unified vision and a clear goal, anything is possible if you're willing to pay the price. Yeah. All those principles, change your mind, change your life, have a clear vision and you will achieve what you want. They are biblical principles. Yeah. The scripture yeah. says what you agree on heaven will be done on earth. Yeah. What you agree on earth will be agreed in heaven. Yeah. We were given that authority in Jesus, by Jesus, yeah. to be done through Jesus. And now we came to an era in the world, an age in the world, where the church and the system in the world yeah. are in complete parallel. We all have the same tools, the same powers, the same weapons. Sure, yes. And maturity is understanding that it's not about me, 
whatever happens in my life, if I read the scriptures and I'm paying attention in the messages, not from a victim perspective, yeah. but from a player in my story or author in my story, in coaching I say, you are the writer of your story. Do you want to be the victim or the hero? It's your choice, yeah. <laughs> right? And although it's part of growing up, moving from I'm the victim, the child, I'm unprotected, I need help, to I'm the hero, take ownership, take responsibility, take accountability over your life, yeah. that's a maturing process. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And just like in yeah. children, we see that and we say, come on, you're not a baby anymore. We need to look at the man in the mirror, look yeah. at ourselves and say, okay, I'm not a child anymore. Yeah. Am I still a child in my faith? Did I get the new birth of salvation, but forgot that I need to grow up? There's a purpose to being a Christian. And it's not fighting the world. Yeah. It's bringing the world to the kingdom, bringing the kingdom yeah. in yeah. and letting the world see the kingdom and be attracted by the Holy Spirit. What did happen in Acts? Because yeah. the love amongst them was so visible, was so clear, they were unified in vision and in purpose. Yeah. God added to them those that would believe. So we are in a season in the church that everything, it's about maturity. Yeah. Spiritual and on a personal level. Yeah. It's time that we as people, as men, women, as Christians, we get off our childish yeah. approach to life, yeah. Yeah. expecting others to tell us what to do. The permission system is done with. Yeah. Yeah. If you're still thinking that you're going to get a degree and get a bigger job, you're going to end up with a lot of costs. Yeah, yeah. In America, <laughs> a lot of debt. To in pay, America, yeah. is all the rage about student loans, right? Yeah. That, that people are crippled for the rest of their lives financially, yeah. right? In South Africa, we don't have that much of that burden. In Brazil, we don't have that much of that burden either. Yeah. But, but a lot of people are still stuck on the mindset of, I'm going to do this, and then somebody else will take care of me. Yeah. I go to church and the pastor preaches. I go to church yeah. and somebody in that department should be taking care of this or that. Yeah. And I'm just the audience. No, there's an audience out there needing your perspective. Yeah. There's an audience out there needing you to be mature and step you into your role. Yeah. So, so can I, I mean, this is great. And I think this is episode one. <laughs> but I, I think a lot of what we discussed today, we're going to break down in different parts no, as no, we go. Yeah, it's good because, um, you know, I spoke about it on Sunday. Um, heavenly being, yeah, you know, in an earthly earthly body. But, but, but let me just say exactly what you're saying. We cannot any longer, as the church, be dualistic in our thinking to separate, firstly, the, you know what is what is the kingdom and what is the world uh, you know the two should really be connected the kingdom needs to be in the world and uh, but also let's just talk quickly as we close this this episode right I, I'm also hearing this right like you have your spiritual maturity and then you have your EQ you mentioned earlier emotional let's say emotional maturity this is a dualistic thinking in the church that I think is also needs to be broken, that you can't only work on your spiritual maturity and think that your emotional maturity will catch up. The, the two are actually also connected. And maybe just speak a little bit about that. I think a lot of, a lot of people, st we challenge with this because 
we think that being spiritually mature will sort out all aspects of our emotional and maybe even our intellectual maturity, but but it's but it's not. So you know, I appreciate coaches because um, as you work on your spirit, man, you need to work on your emotional, your your soul, your emotions. Um, and and part of maturing for me, it's not dualistic. Part of maturing is you grow parallel <laughs> in both. It's kind of like when Jesus, you know, the Bible says Jesus grew in in uh, favor with God and man, stature. In he he, he's, he, he wasn't only being um, matured spiritually; he was being matured holistically in his emotions, in the way he saw the world. Just your thoughts on that. That is such a great point and 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 again that's going to be a food topic for another conversation well, we, we're going to leave a taste today yeah <laughs> but yeah just we'll to give a just deeper. to give a, a sample yeah. to open the appetite you know um <clears throat> this is something that i particularly personally uh, struggled with growing up because um, I was exposed growing up in ministry, growing up not just as a pastor son, but uh, the whole family was involved in ministry. And, and they were also teachers. They were school teachers in different subjects. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so I grew up with a house that had one room dedicated to, to books. It was a library in our house. Yeah. Uh, there were books on arts, on sociology, on, on uh religions, different religions. Uh, there, there were books in history, in philosophy, in psychology. There were books in, in all kinds of things. I mean, my father had a, 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 a collection of Greek mythology and, and Roman Empire history that was second to none. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was literally a, a, a large room from bottom to floor, bottom to floor, bottom to top, floor to, to, floor to ceiling. Uh, uh, the only space open was the actual door space. Yeah you know, with shelves and books. And I I grew up reading those books and and, and learning a lot, and I became very, uh, uh, perhaps it was an education of the gift that God gave me. I I was always hungry for knowledge. I love having knowledge. But something that I realized growing up quick enough as I hit my teenage years was that I was very immature, I was very immature. I would just do silly, stupid stuff. I would make comments that would just look stupid, and I would feel <laughs> stupid and, and, and see people's eyes, yeah. right? Uh, um, so I started in longing and, and, and reading the scriptures. I remember at the age of 14, I was in kind of in a, in a, in a how do you call it, a crossroads in life yeah. uh, 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 because I didn't have friends and, and we were in holidays and I lived in a, at that point, my father was a pastor in a, in a, in a city, almost like Jeffreys Bay. Yeah. It was a fisherman village that became a surfer paradise. Yeah. So winter time, it was just a local population. Summertime, the whole world was there. Yeah. It went from 300,000 to one and a half million during summertime, really crazy. Yeah. And then there were two neighboring towns that were very popular among artists and celebrities and, and even foreigners would come over. So uh, I, I, my friends were surfers, you know, yeah. j- smoking joints and, and smoking cigarettes. And my father's prayers were protect my son, keep him free from those things. Yeah. So one of the things that my parents did beautifully well, they, they would literally uh, uh, not pay me, but reward me for reading. Like if you memorize chapter 
Psalm 23, between today and tomorrow, you get that ice yeah. cream that you want. Or if you memorize Psalms 1, and, and, and so they would do things like that among me and my siblings, yeah. myself and my siblings. And at the age of 14, uh, it came to a point where my siblings were all much older than me. I was what you call here, the Latlamiki. <laughs> yeah. And so I was alone at home. Everybody was in holiday camps with the church groups and etc. And I was alone at home. I was too young yeah. to go out. Uh, uh, there wasn't a, 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 a necessarily a, a group for my age group at that point in yeah. the church. There was only myself and another girl that was 14. Everybody else was 17, 18. Yeah. And then there you had the younger kids, like 10, 9, 8. So anyway, so I would spend, uh, I literally built a a, a makeshift tree house in a tree, in a fruit tree. We had a very strong uh, tree in the back. There were a lot of fruit trees in in our backyard. And I made a makeshift plank thing there where I would sit down and I would read the Bible. And and in in those two months of school summer holidays, I read the Bible twice. I just fell in love with the stories of the the heroes and yeah. and the characters, and in that summer, I I made a particular prayer. I said to God, I want to be like Daniel. Uh, yeah. I want to be like Daniel. I feel like I'm a kind of a Joseph. I have these big dreams, but nothing seems real. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if if you if you if I can, I want to be like a da- I want to be like a Daniel. Uh, uh, because Daniel went on, even though he he was a, a slave taken to the court of of of, yeah. of Babylon, yeah. he became a person of influence and as in advising, giving wisdom, sharing wisdom, bringing yeah. the word of God and revelation to that. Yeah. And what did I struggle with the most? Being immature and being stupid. It's talking <laughs> silly stuff. Yeah. So I wanted to be wise and I wanted to be relevant. Right, I also identified a lot with David, which was uh, 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 the heart after God, right? But then you look at Paul. Paul was a guy that knew what he wanted. He had instruction and he had maturity. Yeah. And, 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 and I went to my father and I said, there's a parallel between the two. You know, it's almost like you can draw like a cross, right? You have Joseph, you have Daniel, you have uh, David, you have Paul. So David was the heart of God, but he was a human being without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit in him, allowing him to be able to overcome his own nature as a man. So God loved him 100% because as a man, he would run to God. Mistakes or or glories, right? But he didn't have in him the power to overcome his own human nature, which Paul testifies to us that through the Holy Spirit, the graces that we have in Jesus, we are able to achieve that maturity. Right? In Joseph, you have a story of a guy that was silly and foolish, and through the hardship that he went through, he developed maturity. In Daniel, you have somebody that was raised because he came from the nobility of Israel. Mm. And when he gets to the court, he makes better choices, better decisions. He also has better understanding. He was well-educated. So I understood the parallel. If you develop your emotional maturity and your understanding on the things you have access to in terms of information, 
and you develop your understanding of the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is able to balance everything out for you. Right? So I understood, I started understanding that there is a journey to be taken. Sad part of the story, I was just 14. I didn't have enough maturity to know how to apply those things. And I had to go through my own Joseph journey of growing up and maturing. But now looking back, I can say humbly, I feel like I'm getting there. I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm reaching that Daniel level. Yeah. I'm reaching that Paul level, yes. right? Yes. I, 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 had, uh, I was about 22 when I was in a camp with a church group, and, and we had like a, a moment on, a, on one of the evenings, we were all just gathering around the fire in the camp. Yeah. And, and 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 we were worshiping and 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 I was struggling with some things uh, 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 in, in my own life and and as the people started praying, my prayer wasn't a prayer of God helping with this God helping with that my prayer was God I'm sorry I hated my parents for so long I'm sorry I judged them I'm sorry I I stood in a place where I was questioning why they would make mistakes if they know so much they're pastors and missionaries and why they couldn't be better parents. And now I realize with everything that I'm learning about you, I make so many bad mistakes because I don't have enough maturity and understanding. So help me gain maturity and understanding. And and forgive me as I learn to forgive my parents. And then one lady across the fire, I, I don't know who she was. I just saw her, I, I saw her speaking, but I couldn't see her face because of the flames. Yeah. And the people around me were, yes, yes, amen. Yeah. And, and, and she says, I haven't remembered that in so many years. She says, the Lord has heard your prayer. Yeah. And because you have a heart of David, that you run to God, He makes a new vow with you today, that He will walk with you and grow you. So whenever you're wrong, whenever you're in trouble, whenever you're far from God, run back to Him, because He will honor your humble heart. And I was like, wow. And throughout throughout my life since then, I had moments where God called me back and called me out on where I was wrong, where I was off the track and reminded me everything in your life as you surrender to me and you come back to me and you bring it to me, even your mistakes, I will work it to bring you maturity and growth and understanding. And that's the challenge of being stuck in the church, just hearing a message and not understanding that you need to have your personal relationship with the Father. And you need to read the Scripture, not as a religious book. The Bible is not a religious book. It's not just like the Torah for the Jew. It's not just like the Koran for the Muslim. It's not just your guidebook for the Buddhist or the Hare Krishna or or the Satanic Bible for the guys that are completely lost. It's not a religious book. The Bible is a book of 
guidance, is a book of precept, is a book of wisdom, is a book of revelation, it's a book of patterns. If you read the Bible and you ask the Holy Spirit for understanding, for revelation, that maturing starts to happen. If you read the Bible as a religious book and you want to be spiritually mature and you want to grow in spiritual maturity, that's what the church had a lot of it. And you know what the world calls that? Hypocritical people in the church. Because you are are filled with information from the Bible, but you're not mature yourself. So what do you do? You judge others. You condemn others because that's what the human nature will do. We compare ourselves to feel relevant. And if you compare yourself with somebody that is in a higher status, you're never good enough. So what is the solution? You compare yourself you compare yourself with those that are below you so you can judge them and stand above them. Oh, who did that in Jesus' time? The Pharisees. Right? Who who had problem with Jesus? The religious people. So trying to have a spiritual maturity without emotional maturity, you become a Pharisee. You start judging others. Trying to have emotional maturity without the spiritual maturity, well, that's what the world is teaching. Yeah. And you might have a great, peaceful, joyful life here, but you're never going to have true fulfillment. Yeah. And you're making a very serious, big mistake. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You're going to lose eternal well, life. Well, I this is real talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think we've come to the to the end of our first episode definitely <laughs> but um man so if you enjoyed this um we're definitely going to be doing this uh we're trying to see maybe once a week uh hopefully you can subscribe to this podcast <laughs> and then and then um you'll be able to just get notifications whenever we go and we uh, upload an episode but uh, Paolo, thanks man i think this is what we need you know i, I enjoy preaching but i tell you um, like you say, unless unless we love the stuff out, it's just religion, right? And hopefully, as we talk, um, whoever's listening, we still need pastors, we still need evangelists, we still need prophets, yeah. we still need yeah. everything in the church. Yeah. But uh, I love your vision that the church is a equipping place. Yes, it's so you stand as a pastor. Uh, uh, sharing the vision and sharing the challenge to grow, to take ownership of the faith. Yeah. And and you are like, we do need teachings. I'm As a coach, I'm teaching too, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, the relevance, it's, it's, it's irreplaceable. Yeah. No, it's right? so good. It's so good. So stay tuned and uh, we hope to see, well, we can't see you, but we hope that you can at least hear us again next time. And if you do have any questions, we're going to have to think about this, right? If people want to get hold of us, man, we'll get hold of you. But I think um, right now, the best thing is probably just to... Um, you got an email? You got a you can coach, you coach? can You can WhatsApp me on yeah. 083-253-2694. Yeah. You can send me an email to Paulo Coach... Oh, t- sorry. Coach Paulo M. M is for Mendes, so P A U L O M for mother. Yeah. Coach Paulo M at gmail.com or just Coach Paulo Mendes. today. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> you can find me, Tim Peter. Here we go. All right. Till next time, man. Yeah.